Welcome to the Underground Magnolia Podcast, conscious entertainment for your soul. With me, the one and only Desiree Valtel in the whole wide world. That's right, the only one on the planet. You are listening to the sounds of Jazz Addict's intro by Cosimo Fogg. And part one of my podcast with special guest, Dr. Corey Hartman, a board-certified dermatologist, we talked about his inspiration for becoming a derm, navigating being the only Black person in his program at the University of Alabama, and starting his own successful practice, Skin Wellness Dermatology in Birmingham, Alabama. We also delved into the importance of wearing sunscreen between SPF 30 and 50. Anything lower or higher is not worth it. It's not worth it, people. So don't buy SPFs that are 10 and 15 and don't buy SPFs that are 75 or I think I've even seen some as high as 90 or 100. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Everyone needs to wear sunscreen no matter what your complexion is. So no matter how dark you are, how light you are, you can be from Africa, Jamaica, India, London, Ireland, the Netherlands, (laughs) everyone needs to wear sunscreen. Sunscreen, you need to wear it inside, when you're inside, and when you are outside every single day. So if you're sitting at home or working from home every day because of the pandemic, and you are sitting next to windows and you don't have sunscreen on, ah, 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 you need your sunscreen. You'll thank me later and Dr. Corey Hartman later, because that's what he talks about in part one. Now, in part two, we'll discuss seeing a dermatologist about more than just skin issues like acne. Dermatology is also about nails, hair, and other conditions. We will also do a deep dive into when to see a dermatologist, skin cancer in the Black community, and the epidemic rates of Black women losing their hair. Plus, how to really know if a protective hairstyle is helping your hair. Pain, bumps, and scaling is not it, ladies. If you are getting braids and there are little bumps or your head is itching uncontrollably and your stylist whether she's licensed or not, tells you, oh, that's what happens. No, that is not good. That is not a good thing. So you need to get that checked. We'll also talk about how wigs and hair glue may equal no edges and how to find a dermatologist that can properly treat skin with melanin, that's skin with color, that's black people, that's brown people, that's most people. Now, I'll be back with how to love your skin, hair, and more after this short music break. Welcome back. Let's jump into my conversation with Dr. Corey Hartman, a board-certified dermatologist with his own top practice in Birmingham, Alabama. He's going to break down when and why you should see a derm, how black people can get skin cancer, and how to take care of those protective hairstyles and more. Let's listen. When should people 
see a dermatologist uh, for for people of color? What ailments or skin conditions uh, that people have? When should they, you know, stop going to the drugstore and actually see a dermatologist? So we, I just want to remind everybody that dermatologists are the medical experts in skin, hair, nails, and mucous membranes. So issues with the, some of the issues in the genital area, in the mouth, that's all, of course, the whole scalp and all hair, nail issues, all that falls under dermatology. So if you have any issues with that, we're the experts to see. If you, the most common condition that brings um, people into dermatologist's office is acne. That's the most common medical condition. You mentioned earlier that you have acne. I want to say that 35% of women are going to have acne after the age of 35 and never and not have had it as a teenager. So just because you made it through your teenage years, that's the biggest correlation that people have with acne, and that's just not simply not true. There is an inflammatory component that's more prevalent and common during those teenage years, um, but then you have hormones, especially women who have a you know hormone relationship every month and then a big hormone drop with menopause and any change in the hormones can affect acne. So, you know, acne is by far um, number one in most dermatologists' offices. Then there and apparently, the and hormones. apparently, and apparently, I have hormonal acne. Yes. So it's usually characterized <laughs> by deeper nodules that don't come to a head. They're they're painful. They're usually on the lower face, chin, jawline, sometimes on the periphery of the face. So if any of that sounds familiar, that is probably what you have, um, and it's super common. So I know a lot of women tell me it's not fair to have wrinkles and acne, but it's quite common to have wrinkles and acne. Well, um, skin I don't cancer. have wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have wrinkles. Not you. Not you. Not you, of course. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but, no. And, and, you know, a lot of people come in uh, with hair issues. There's an epidemic going on among um, black women where they, we, we're finding out more and more, finally, we have dermatologists. You know, dermatology was not a very minority-friendly specialty for a lot of years, and we're finally, we've broken down that wall, so now we're doing our own research, okay. and we're trying to figure out some of these reasons that the, a lot of black women are just losing their hair. So that's, that's been a big thing. Um, that's a big reason that people come. Uh, and, you know, hair loss can be, of course, emotionally problematic, um, and it can also reach a point where it is irreversible. So especially the scarring alopecias, the inflammatory alopecias, that's something you want to get on early because it's so much better to treat it while you still have hair instead of waiting until after the hair follicles have been destroyed. That brings people in. Yeah, and a lot of skin of, cancer. Um, yeah, uh, sorry, going back to the hair um, specifically, with the hairstyle, so many black women have been told, you know, braiding, sometimes the braiding, if you get a licensed braider, you know, and, um, and, and doing the hair, you know, it, it, it's a protective hairstyle and wig. But now we're, we're discovering that a lot of women are losing their edges. doesn't matter if they're licensed or not, depending on how your hair is, hereditary or whatever, a lot of black women are losing their edges what what should when uh black women are getting these so-called protective hairstyles which we're finding out are maybe not so protective what should black women be looking for when they're getting braids and when they're wearing uh weaves and wigs i'm so glad you especially now because yeah yes protective styles has taken on a whole 
new meaning that is just wrong. It, just because it's braids, it, it doesn't mean does not mean that it's protective. So a protective style is a style that allows you to give your hair rest from heat, from relaxers, from tension, from stress. But if it's under tension and stress, we know that that is one of the main contributors to the exacerbation, at least, of this scarring alopecia that I'm talking about. So if you have a quote-unquote protective hairstyle, but you're noticing pain or bumps or redness or irritation or scaling, all that is wrong. Like your scalp should be at its freest, at its most pure, and at its most calm with a protective hairstyle. So I'm very glad that you said that. Um, most of the edges, the issues with the edges is just because of tension and braids that are too tight um, or, you know, stress from glue. I, glue is now back in vogue for wigs and weaves. And I'm like, wow, I thought we had really gotten away from that because that did so much damage when it first made its entry into the hair care industry. But we're right back to it. So, um, yeah, because people too. are with these, um, with these lace front wigs, you know, you're gluing it with this so-called, quote, hair glue, <laughs> but guess what? It's going right on your edges. So when you start taking that wig off, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm bald or balding. Exactly. Exactly. Your edges are made more vulnerable by the inflammation that the glue can cause, and then the sheer physical act of removing it, you're, you know, you're already dealing with the vulnerable area. And so, yes, exactly what you just said. It's, um, it, it's a problem. But, you know, it, it's popular. And I, I hate it. And I hate to see, because I see young women in my practice who have a head full of beautiful hair, and they choose to wear a lace front. And I'm like, and they're 15 years old. And I'm thinking, why are you doing this? You know, it's okay if you want to do it for a weekend or, you know, whatever, a special event, I guess. But to make it a way of life and to ignore what God gave you, that's going to set you up one day to have no choice but to do this. And I just think that that's really, really sad. That's just me getting off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to mention uh, skin cancer uh, before as one of the issues that you started to see with yes. uh, people of color coming into your office. Yes. So skin cancer is a thing that black people think that they can't get, and that is absolutely wrong. I will introduce you to five patients at least every year that I diagnose with skin cancer. Um, and because we don't think that we can get it, they tend to be diagnosed at later stages. You know, Bob Marley died of a melanoma. That was on his foot. And when we get those moles, um, on the hands and the feet, we tend to ignore them or let them grow without getting them checked. And melanoma is one of the most deadly cancers, not just skin cancer. It is one of the most deadly cancers because we, people don't realize it, but melanocytes, the cells that give us pigment, are closely tied. And when we develop as a fetus, they're, they're tied to um, nerve cells. And, you know, the nervous system is like the superhighway of the body, and it spreads everywhere really, really rapidly. So it has that same um, sort of genesis, and they spread very, very rapidly, and they can kill very, very rapidly as well. So don't mess around with moles that are changing or new on your palms or your soles, and also check out your palms and your soles. And if your dermatologist isn't checking your palms and your soles, then they're not doing their job. One thing I wanted to ask you, I just have a couple more questions. Um, I've been seeing these 
infomercials, they've been on for a little bit with these skin tags. And these are like, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's just like raised skin. And it's like, oh, you can just zap them. But it looks like, you know, it's something that you would need to see a dermatologist for as opposed to just buying something over the counter that gets rid of this little skin that has popped up on you. What, what, what do you think about these uh, do-it-yourself skin tag removal things? That looks kind of dangerous to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm not a fan. Um, it, it's some kind of chemical it, it, that causes a change that I think kills the tissue locally. I have several issues with these. First of all, yes, yeah, skin tags are very common. They're totally benign. They come from friction. They can be hereditary. However, everything is not a skin tag. And people don't, if you're not trained, you may not be able to discern the difference between something that really requires attention and something that is a throwaway lesion that's no big deal. So while you're at home, you know, getting rid of these lesions, you may be getting rid of something, but not really getting rid of it because the root is still there and it could cause other effects down the line. So that's number one. Number two, anytime that you're removing something, there has to be a process that makes it go away, which will eventually sort of break the skin, either through a chemical or through, you know, a knife or something in the office. There, there generally has to be some sort of separation. And when you do that, you invite bacteria and fungus and viruses and all kinds of other things to um, infect you. So you can get infections very easily trying to manage these things on home, at home on your own. So potential for infection which of course can lead to discoloration and other things. You didn't like the, sun, the skin tag because of the way it looked, but then the way that you removed it made it look even worse. And then you don't really even know what it is that you have now destroyed. So if you present 10 years later and you have a melanoma that is spread throughout your body and nobody can come up with the primary source, a good place to look may be that skin tag, quote unquote, that you destroyed um, on your own at home. Mm. Ew. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just saying. All right. After this short music break, Dr. Corey Hartman will tell us about finding a dermatologist as a person of color when there are no derms of color in your area, which is common in big cities and small cities. look into if you are if you have no other choice but to see a non-black dermatologist okay so first i want to shout out one of my colleagues in my black derm group on instagram who started a web page called black derm directory that highlights and lists black dermatologists throughout the entire united states and even in some other countries blackdermdirectory.com that is your go-to if you're looking for um you know a black dermatologist in your area so that's number one. Number two, if there is no black dermatologist in your area or they're out of network or for whatever reason, you have to see somebody who's not black. You want to look for somebody with the cultural competency to be able to manage your problem and somebody with the awareness and the interest to do so. So I would um, look for a doctor who has a website 
that either explicitly or implicitly shows that they are um, at least, you know, um, that they have patients of color. Maybe they have staff of color. That's a good indication as well. Generally, in more diverse areas, you um, will find that more commonly. You can sometimes look in their bio and see what some of their clinical interests are. Um, and if they don't list anything that sounds like it's something that you would be a patient for, then maybe that's not the doctor for you. I think it's perfectly fine to ask doctors about their awareness of black hair and black skin. Um, that's something that as black dermatologists, we are encouraging patients to do because you deserve better. We know that in the history of America and in the medical um, profession, there have been a lot of um, disparities. There um, have been some issues around cultural competence, and that leads to poor outcomes. So particularly mm -hmm. in this day in 2020, when, you know, all these issues that we're dealing with are finally coming to the forefront, I think it is your right and it is your duty to make sure that your doctor is able to address these things for you. Um, so don't feel badly about advocating for yourself or for your family when you go to a doctor's office. And if they, if you don't get that feel, then you are in the wrong place. Well, speaking of in the wrong place, so my current dermatologist, she is um, Chinese, and I am very light-skinned. Um, and so um, I was asking her about my husband, who is, like I said earlier, he's Nigerian, so he's obviously very dark-skinned. And she was telling me that she that she doesn't think that she could see him uh, because he's so dark-skinned. So then, wow. so then, so then that brought up the question for me. If you are if you are a lighter skinned black person, because I'm wondering, well, maybe should I be going to her? Because I, you know, even though I'm light skinned, obviously there's still some African in there. So, am I doing a disservice to myself uh, uh, as a light skinned black person? Should I be going to someone who is more familiar with darker complexions? Does that does that, that is make a sense? really good question? Yeah, it makes 100% <laughs> total sense, and I'm so glad that you asked that because. Does, there's there's a whole discussion in dermatology. Um, it's been ongoing discussion, but it's actually become it was in the news just last week because a medical student developed a an app, I think, or something that helped people to identify different disorders in skin of color because psoriasis and black skin and psoriasis and white skin can look completely and totally different. Seborrheic dermatitis, um, eczema. I mean. Things present differently. You know, a, a dark-skinned person is not going to get that erythematous redness that they teach us about, you know. And so you have to know how to pick those things up so that you don't miss diagnoses. So I'm, I'm, on the one hand, I think it's progress that she was so forthcoming with the fact that she was, you know, not able to handle this skin type. But on the other hand, it's a failure of her um, residency program that they didn't do a good job of teaching her you know, in different skin types. I think that that's appalling, and it's a conversation I'm going to bring back to my black derm group, so thanks. Um, but, yeah, another issue is just because you're light-skinned, like, okay, I have patients that come to me because we understand all the different nuances of treating, particularly with the cosmetic space, because a lot of the things that we do in dermatology that are cosmetic are actually controlled injuries, a chemical peel. That's kind of like a mild burn. We know we're going to get a good response, but you have to know when enough is enough and when you could go too far and cause more damage. So 
you have to have an awareness. The first thing I always ask a patient, whether it's obvious or not, is what is your ethnic makeup? Because these days you really can't look at a person and just assume anything, you know? So you have to know that. True. <laughs> that Brazilian yeah. grandfather who was, you know, type six skin, deep brown, you know, that could come out <laughs> when, it, when it comes time to do a laser procedure and it could burn you in the butt because his granddaughter is here and she's, you know, a type four Hispanic presenting um, skin type. So you have to know that and you have to have the awareness to ask that because if you don't ask, you're not going to know and you don't want to proceed with a procedure where you're heating up this skin that has the potential to really hyperpigment or um, cause keloids or, you know, so it, there's just a lot of issues that go into it. And I'm not saying that only black people can do it, but I do think that inherent in our upbringing and culture and you know, just awareness of being a black person your whole life, you're going to be more in tune to a lot of these things that other people just aren't going to. One of the biggest frustrations that I hear from patients is if they go to a white doctor and they're asking questions about their hair and the doctor's like, oh, just wash your hair every day. And they're looking at them like, that is never going to happen. First of all, it's not necessary. Right. And B, it's just not going to work, you know? <laughs> So, you know, if they make little comments like that, then you kind of know that you need to find somebody who has, that's lack of cultural competence. All right. All right, Dr. Corey. Well, we could be here all day talking about skin. Uh, Thank you for your time. I I really appreciate it. We talk about skin and other issues that dermatologists handle. So thank you. Thank you. You were instrumental. And I don't know if, 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 we're, if I'm allowed to say this, but we've been knowing each other for decades. You were instrumental in my growing up, one of our favorite babysitters ever. And uh, I'm just so happy to be able to reconnect and share this stuff with you. So if that was too personal, I'm sorry, but I had to let everybody know about that too. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That was Dr. Corey Hartman, the super dermatologist with his own practice skin wellness dermatology in Birmingham, Alabama. For more info on Dr. Corey and to find out more about your skin, hair, nails, etc., go to skinwellness.com. That's skinwellness.com. Thank you for listening to my Underground Magnolia podcast with me, Desiree Valto, the only Desiree Valto on the planet. For more info on my podcast, go to undergroundmagnolia.com. That's undergroundmagnolia.com. You can also email me about anything you want to at contact at undergroundmagnolia.com. That's contact at undergroundmagnolia.com. My opening and closing music is Jazz Addicts Intro by Cosimo Fogg. Find it at soundcloud.com slash Cosimo dash Fogg. That's soundcloud.com slash Cosmo dash fog with two G's. Other music artists on the podcast, Breaking Down by Groove Bakery, The Way by Mike Light. Get more info about the artist from my website at undergroundmagnolia.com. Go to show notes, select the episode, and voila, there you are. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at UMPodcast.com. That's UMPodcastDB for Twitter and Instagram. Till next time, this is Desiree Valto for Underground Magnolia Podcast.